previously on Unbalanced Encounters. You see this man holding sticks that operate various joints on this Isaac Axtrummer puppet. And you all see this procession move through the streets of this little town. Guard, can I, can I get on your shoulders? We are like the opposite of that guy with the puppet. We're looking for a carpenter to help us on our way afterwards. Oh, well, blow me down. I'm a carpenter. I actually worked on Dale's puppet this year. That was a lot of fun. And we flash back. You and Dale are enjoying the invisibility of a crowd. Dale leans in and says, Isaac, man, you know it's not right. Get in order, follow it, make it home to reap the benefits. Uh, the head of the, I, we have to start calling it the victim now, flies directly into your lap. I think they're going to have the puppets fight each other. Isaac Axtrummer and Dale Snowthorn, you will fight for my amusement. This is not accurate. Damn it, Dale. He raises the axe up, pivots himself towards the Lord Governor, and cleaves his head clean off in one sweep. June, the wooden head of the Lord Governor Hakoda Agra slams right into your hands. Jethro is dead. And I need everyone to roll initiative. Harissa, you are incapacitated. June, your entire body goes numb and you collapse onto the ground. Isaac, you fall unconscious. With his relentless endurance, Isaac pops back up, looks this man straight into his eyes. Grabs him by the scruff of his cloak. You're right. That wouldn't be good for you. Welcome to another episode of Unbalanced Encounters, the show that dares to ask, what if Dune was all twang and banjos? I'm your host, Patrick Brady. <laughs> that was a good one. Say hi, everybody. Hello. That was a good That's one. Like I like that one a lot. What do you mean, what if? <laughs> that was a good one. Oh, I it in my sleep. So we have to so kill good. everyone. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. The whole town. Oh, no. Um, actually, as a matter of fact, you're doing a very good job uh, killing everyone in this whole town by consummately ignoring the large fire occurring on the other end of town. Shh, what fire are you talking about? It's not our problem, Pat. <laughs> yeah, it's not our town. Not we, had a whole, we had a whole episode where this fucking random ass carpenter was like is it really not your problem isaac and then of course craig's position here is that it's not your problem which i think is deeply deeply in character well you know he's on the ground and there's an assassin at his throat uh actually yeah that is freaking shanked dude what am that's I true do? we'll kill this guy certainly he's um he's in need of some he's in need of some lessons to be taught i think here we go put out the fire oh sleep dart and then friggin' <laughs> who we helping then, Pat? I will accept that there's a priority order <laughs> to these things, and not dying is probably pretty high up on that list. <laughs> oh Christ! It's time, time to use some of those fucking spell slots for smite. Mm-hmm. It's time to it's time to start hurting people. Speaking of which, <laughs> you all face three living assassins. 
One. Hunters marked. The button eye of Farsight dangling from his clothes. Slips into the crowd and vanishes. Another. In an alleyway, grappled by Mr. Spinks and looking a little worse for wear after taking a pretty brutal hit from guard. And a third. Having just stabbed Isaac Axtrummer in the chest, is feeling very sure of himself. Until Isaac, half-orc that he is, bounces back to life. And it is the assassin's turn. The marked assassin slips back into the crowd and starts moving toward the fire. For all intents and purposes, he vanishes, but Harissa knows where he is. The one at Isaac's throat has already taken his turn. So we have one more. Harissa, I'm so sorry, going to take a swing at Mr. Spinks. Outrageous. That's an eight. That's probably not going to hit. No, it does not. And another swing gets a nat one. What? Ooh. I'm going to give Spinks an opportunity attack here. Oh, sweet. Okay. Uh, 24. 24 hits, yes. <laughs> uh, damage. Excuse me, I believe it's called dammies. Let me do some dammies. <laughs> roll, roll some dammies for us. <laughs> eight oh, yeah. damage. Eight, eight dammies. Oh, 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 actually, you know what? You know what? He's going to infuse that strike Hell with yes. a, a little bit of extra damage. Cause make that, it, make that some spicy damage. Make, make yeah, that some boy. spicy damage. So I'm going to add an extra D6 to this bad boy. Oh, that's uh, uh, another five. So 14 damage he does in total, this sneaky motherfucker. Oh, no, wait, sorry, 13. Fantastic. Oh, what does this look like? Sphinx, as, as he's roughing and tumbling... Um, with this assassin trying to keep him uh, in one place. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the assassin, I'm assuming, tries to swing at Sphinx. Just Sphinx... swinging a sword at his own face, really, is what's happening here. <laughs> I, I like to think that, like the blood tree, he just sort of bites onto the guy's arm. And as he does so, um, the sort of embers of fire sort of in his excitement sort of start erupting from, uh, from his mouth as he's kind of <laughs> terrier style on the guy's arm. Oh, you damn worm. And we move on. You all hear shrieks and gasps and cries for help emanate from the far reaches of town as a ball of fire erupts into the sky. Timbers crack and crunch into the dirt. The fire seems to be getting out of hand. We loop back around to June. June, you are within striking distance of the assassin in the alley. You have lost the assassin in the crowd. And you know, you can see that there is an assassin standing over Isaac. Well, his eyes are open. That's probably a good sign. How far away am I from Isaac's assassin? Uh, we'll say probably about 20-something feet. So uh, before I, I run at that guy, because that's who I'm going to go after, I'm going to say, hey, fucker. And I want to whip the training ball at his head. <laughs> um, What's the roll? Well, 
And that was a nat one for a seven. No. <laughs> you got more attacks. Change. I'm sorry. You can try again. Uh, the, the ball, you whip this ball, uh, and it flies off and just like <sighs> into the wall beside him. And it gets his attention. Uh, but oh, you good. do not have the training ball anymore. I don't know if you had more multiple. Uh, no, training balls. I just had one. Cool. Bye bye ball. Yeah, that uh, one's over. That's that one's across <laughs> the street now. So then, for my next attack, I would like to use my movement to get on him. I want. To, I would very much like to try to restrain him with my quarter staff. Yeah, absolutely. That's a grapple check. So go ahead and roll me an athletics check, uh, if you would be so kind. Oh, fucking fuck, 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 11. That's a 14. Butts! Uh, you get up and kind of whip the quarterstaff around him, kind of try to draw him into a choke, and he slips out, spins around, and winds back to hit you in the face. Uh, may I use my bonus action? Uh, let's blur. Let's blur it. Let's burn it. Burn a bond for fur, fur, furry blows. Uh, gotta 14. use those resources while you got them. Uh, does a fourteen hit? What a good question. Uh, fourteen does not hit. <laughs> Fuck. June. I know this is bad. She's an shadow box over here. I need you to yeah. roll better. Um, I'm trying, buddy. I'm trying. Okay, I burned the bond already, so I can do one more. Ah, 22. There we go. All right, after shadowboxing with this guy for like a solid minute and a half, you managed to land one square at his jaw. What? Uh, what? It, uh, what's the damage? Uh, six points of damage. You knock a tooth out, right? Like that's he's getting he's getting pretty fucking hurt. That is my turn. Fantastic, Isaac June has given you an opening. You are back up at one hit point. What do you do? As the um smell of rain goes back into the air uh we're gonna charge up a thunder smite as a bonus action and start swinging uh 14 doesn't hit right just misses second attack uh natural 19 for a 25 yeah that'll fucking hit Uh, we're gonna juice this one up as it Uh pissed off Uh uh-huh and then the thunder smite damage as well i need him to make a strength saving throw that's a six all right he fails and is Push 10 feet away from me and knock prone. Well, go ahead and roll the damage first. Oh, yeah. 27 points of damage total. Isaac, you feel... The blood pump your heart thudding in your chest as thunder... Rumbles. The chaos of this moment. And you bring this axe down into the shoulder of this assassin, cleaving into him on the bias, and his body is blown back with the force of your smite. What is Isaac thinking about as he kills this man who called him traitor? Isaac was getting frustrated with the term at first uh, because of the amount of dedication in the beginning of his life to the Empressar and Agravar. And now it's more of a 
thought of. I'm not a traitor to the people who need me and who trust me. And I'm not a tool to them either. Uh, and, and just literally smiting this person to the point in which he almost like flays them. June. Yes. You see. This body fly past you full anime style, just exploding back from Isaac's fucking axe. Uh, Your grip on him is completely lost. He just goes across the street. And what should be 10 feet is ragdoll physics blown back into the far wall. And he slips down into the gutter at guard's feet. Oh, gross. The tide seems to be turning. Guard, you've just seen the upper hand land at your feet. What do you do? I'm going to try something here. I'm going to pick up the dead assassin, and I'm going to crush their head in my hand so that it's just not a head anymore. And I'm going to look at the assassin that's grappled, and I'm going to say, surrender, please. These assassins have been well prepared for many eventualities. They are unlikely to fold at the threat of lost life. In fact, they have come into this prepared to die. However, they were not expecting you. And I think you can read that very plainly. I will let you make a DC 20 intimidation check at advantage. If you succeed, if you pass a DC 20, things will go more or less how I think you're hoping for them to go here. If you fail, he's going to run, and I am going to give him his reaction to get away from you. Will I still get my second attack before he runs? I will give you an opportunity attack as he runs away. That's the trade-off here. Okay. 16. You see him... Put his hand around Sphinx. Hold him closer. Excuse me? Sphinx ain't no one's kidnappy. Thank you very much. Turn and begin to run. You are free to make your attack. That's an 18 to hit. An 18 certainly hits. 22 total. Holy shit. Eight of it is necrotic, if that matters. That bazelet, bazelet thing. You have done more than half of his health in one swing. Uh, So I am going to go ahead and roll a little con save to see whether or not he just crumbles under that. That's a very low roll. Oh. Crumble. Crumble. Guard. (laughs) He turns to flee, and you just take out his hamstring. And he slams onto the ground. He is now prone. Uh, So that was your attack, and weirdly, your reaction. Now I'm going to give you your second attack. I am going to position myself so that I am standing over him. I am going to look up to Harissa, alive or dead. Finish him, guard. We have another. All right, and I will take the axe down and try to hit him in the head. You have advantage on this attack. 
23. That absolutely hits. 13 damage. Surprisingly enough, he is still alive. He is holding his entrails in with his hands. Oh. But he is still alive. I aimed a little low. Missed the head. Hit the gut. Mr. Spinks is like, uh, get, ew, is it, it's on me, ew. <laughs> He's gonna just slowly let go with his mouth, like you know when you bite into something and you realize it's bad, and you're like, <laughs> uh, incredible, uh, guard. That is uh, your action. You're just gonna stay, stay on him. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm just gonna stay on him. Okay, we're gonna move to Harissa. Harissa, uh, I believe Hi. you are. You on the roof currently? I am still. Yes. Yeah, you're it's up on the roof. Uh, so you're looking down, seeing all of this. Uh, yep. You you see guard crush the skull of a body and uh, <laughs> yeah. uh and then absolutely just fucking eviscerate this man mm-hmm. uh you also have concentration on hunter's mark to follow the one into the crowd yeah. uh, you so far have been able to track him but hunter's mark doesn't guarantee that you know the position uh so if you lose him if you break eye contact with him you are gonna be subject to making checks to find him again you will have advantage from hunter's mark but you're going to still have to make those checks i also have the button on him still yeah as well. you can so I could technically you could use see that too where he is okay i'm not too worried about him i think we'll be able to find him pretty easily so li- the only one still standing now in the alleyway is the one that god nearly eviscerated mm-hmm. i'm gonna try and finish him off 13 nope 13 does not hit Dang. you get second attack i believe i will try one more time Okay, 25. That's that's better. That much is. better. That much, certainly much hits. Better. And uh, 11 damage. Harissa, you knock an arrow, let it go. It <laughs> slams into the ground next to him. Sphinx kind of jumps out of the way. <laughs> and very quickly, you just let another one go, and it goes <laughs> into the back of his neck. And you hear... <laughs> as this man chokes to death on your arrow. Uh, Spinks is going to clamor up. You have him back. That's it for your turn. That is practically all of the assassins dead. And with that, we are going to leave initiative. But things are still pretty fucking bad. None of you know exactly where that third assassin is. Harissa, you have a general sense of direction and some confidence in your ability to track. But none of you know exactly where that third assassin is. And the crowd at this point has completely moved off to tend to this fire. And you see that the night sky, that beautiful inky blackness dotted with perfect constellations has been choked off by a brown gray cloud of smoke. Isaac's gonna pop 10 points of. Well, I'm gonna treat myself. 15 points of lay on hands onto himself. Amazing. Treat yourself. Um, And then CJ's gonna run by. He's gonna grab one to CJ and then uh, put his hand out for June, but he's heading towards the fire. Isaac, as you go to gallop away, you feel June's hand in yours and a tug on your shoulder. We're going to the fire. Is that where we're going? I think it was a distraction to to get to us. These people don't deserve their homes and lives destroyed because some knucklehead came back from the dead. But once I'm the the knucklehead, 
than this situation yet. Oh, for one, for once, for once. All right. Oh. And I will drop you off with that task now. Are I, you gonna help me save these people or not? I will turn this pig around. I will turn this damn pig. <laughs> Are you okay? I'll be all right. You see me go down so many times at this point. I just get back right back up. All right. And so she's holding on to you, but like she is like squeezing very hard into like your armor like holding on very hard and shaking and we see june tremble as cj tears off into the smoke then guard is going to spider-man up the wall fuck's sake i forgot about those goddamn boots (laughs) we're superheroes now pat get over it Uh, yeah get onto the ceiling of the the (laughs) building that uh harissa's on it's yep. just so fucking scary to imagine this like edge lord automaton just like <laughs> I just think about it like wall. Venom, so you know, scary. like Venom, like yeah, yeah that's actually really yeah. good. Tiger running up a wall, that's fucking good. Um, Jesus, yeah, fucking love. Get to the top, fire or assassin. If Isaac has the fire in hand, I think we should follow the assassin. Lead the way. All right. So. Basically, I want to be able to see what my chap is seeing right now, please, DM. Harissa, I need you to do something for me that you haven't done in some time. Oh. I need you to roll me a luck check. I was uh, thinking it. Ah. I was like, is this a luck check? What the oh, what? Oh my. Oh, I got a whole six. Harissa, you <laughs> warg into the button eye and see the chaos of this mob. And it takes you a second to sort of figure out what you're looking at, but when you sort of do start to process, what you see is buckets and water, dirt, and grain, blankets and rugs, people running into their own homes and carrying out everything they can as much to save it as to throw it onto the fire to try to smother it. And you catch a couple of things in quick succession. You catch someone, a woman that you're not familiar with, making some orders to establish a fire break. Business is to be torn down, three doors down from where the fire currently is. People immediately start heading in that direction. And then you see a little bit of a twist and You are staring at a man covered in ash and soot, all of the hair singed off of his head, a little wooden doll in one hand, and a small tool chest in the other. And then you see whoever the button eye is attached to pick up a bucket of water. They're going incognito, bro. They're 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 becoming one of them. This is Assassin's Creed when you walk into a group (laughs) and just start walking with them. Harissa? You have a rough idea of where this eye is just by watching it for a little while. I need you to make me a survival check at advantage for tracking your quarry. 23. You sort of instinctively turn toward where the button eye is, and it is toward the sort of western portion of the town where the fire is the most. And Spinks kind of perched up on your shoulders, watches you kind of surveying the scene, and he notices that the little trail of smoke from his maw starts blowing due north. Your quarry is north. But you said it is from the western part of town? The eye is in the western part of town. 
Mm. Bait and switch. Yeah. Oh. Or the jack they threw the jacket to someone else. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> this assassin slipped into the crowd, stripped off the costume, and is running due north. Why are these professionals so professional? Like uh, who thinks of that? <laughs> A professional? Uh I think uh yeah, she's just gonna have to Follow that smoke trail. Follow, follow Sphinx's nose. Can I make a suggestion? Let me give you a piggyback ride. I'm faster than you. Guard is just slowly becoming the group's mount. Yeah, right. <laughs> Here for it. Could I split Sphinx and Harissa? Yeah, of course you can. Sphinx could go get the button eye. Just coat checking people? Give me Are that you button. sending sp- I'm trying to fix my house. <laughs> like a dragon runs into a building. Give me a jacket. <laughs> there's a there's a fire going on, sir. And this dragon is just walking around. Sorry, li- li- excuse me, not dragon, lizard. I'm sorry, lizard. 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 He doesn't he has, do that dragon he thing. He has ideas of grandeur. All right, all right. We'll sp- we'll split because I don't want to lose the button. So Sphinx is uh, gonna go on a stealth mission to go and get the button, and um, Harissa is gonna go with guard because uh, I think that's more important that she goes on that part. Uh, if you lob Sphinx, if you throw him <laughs> off this roof, there's a chance he'll land on CJ. All right, Sphinx, are you ready? Ready for for what? What what am I? And then he's just gonna <laughs> give me an athletics check. <laughs> Uh, 13. So, so okay, yeah. Great. This was a this was a DC 10. Uh, oh, okay, great. So you and Sphinx tumble rolls right into June's lap. Oh, hi June. Hi Isaac. Hey buddy, how's it going? We gotta we gotta stop a fire, and I okay. kind of don't know how to do it, but we're gonna figure it out. Mush, go. How you make this thing go? Thing. It, first off, his name <laughs> is CJ, and you will treat him with respect as you are giving respect. CJ is also CJ, moving Mush. at full okay. speed, which is like <laughs> I think like I think like eighty feet per yeah, turn. It's not a lot. It's not a lot. All right. Literally, CJ is no faster than guard. He gives up speed for for endurance. Yes. And, and... Okay. So here's how we're gonna here's how we're gonna here's how we're gonna run the rest of this uh the rest of this encounter. Uh, I am going to ask for one relevant skill check from each of you. So we are going to start with uh, Harissa and Guard. How are you tracking this assassin down? Uh, I think I am just going to get on Guard's shoulders okay. as a uh, piggy pack style, okay. uh, like he suggested. And I think what I'm going to do is, as I get that kind of compass thing going on with, with Hunter's Mark, sort of like tapping him on each sort of side of the head or shoulder, just kind of like ding, 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 a bit more that way, like kind of guide him. What I would like to do, using my climbing speed, and if I need to, my once-a-day silly leap that I can oh, do. Jesus, yeah. Oh, shit. Guard looks up at Arissa, hold on, Fuck. and <laughs> just starts basically gorilla running across the rooftops. That's so good. Sort of using the axe as like a swing that he like hooks into things and swings off of if need be, almost like swinging on a vine. That's the sickest thing I've ever heard. Okay, so here's what I'm going to ask. I am going to ask for an athletics check from guard to be made at advantage if you burn the jump. Uh, and I am going to ask for a survival check from Harissa also to be made at advantage because of Hunter's Mark. I got a 21. We are destroyers. I got a 25. <laughs> yeah. Nice. That's not bad 
at all. Pretty good, actually. Harissa and Guard, you just like fucking beast mode your way through this town and shingles are flying thatch is going everywhere the axe is going into poles and swinging guard around the cricket kickers launch him forward as harissa navigates and steers in the right direction following this subtle scent of smoke and then at the very edge of town you come up to the edge and you stop smoke is gone. The trail is gone. The town is gone. There's nowhere left to go. There's no one out in the fields that you can see. It's dark, but you both are quite good at this. And then guard, you slam your axe into the thatch behind you, jump into the building, and pin this man to the ground. Yeah, that's right. That's what I'm saying. June and Isaac, you aboard CJ get up to the the fire and see that it has taken out what is probably equivalent to a major city block. The west gate is gone. The fire break on the eastern edge of the fire is working, but just, and it is taking everyone to try to keep the fire out. The western edge of the fire is still being left unchecked, and it has destroyed probably a dozen buildings in its wake. Isaac, you immediately see Acer. He has been wrapped in a blanket and has been given a little bit of water. He has sort of scattered around him a couple of his personal effects and several children that seem to be resting with him as well. The area that's being left unchecked, does it look like everybody's been taken out? Like, like people have been evacuated? It, there, there is so much chaos on these streets that it is genuinely hard to tell. It's hard for you to know whether or not everyone has been safely evacuated. Uh, people seem to not be going into the fire, but you don't know if that's just because it's so out of control they're giving up on trying to evac people or if it's if everyone is out. Azik, yeah, I'm a little worried that not everybody is out of the west side. You want to go in there? I, I think I want to make sure that it's cleared out. Isaac will listen and hear if he hears any screaming within the flames or anything. And June's going to look to see if if there's movement um, anywhere near the flames. June, I am going to ask you to make me an investigation check. Twelve. June, you hop off of CJ and start to scour these buildings from the street. And at first, you're not really sure what it is you're looking for. You, you, you think maybe like, oh, I'll, I'll, I'll try to track for movement or I'll try to see if there's signs of anyone trying to trying to escape broken glass or, or, or what have you. Maybe I'll listen to see if there are, if, I, if I can hear screams or shouts coming from any of these places. And after a moment, you sort of clear your mind. And instead of looking for a specific piece of evidence, you simply try to look at the scene as it is. And one by one, blue tendrils of light flicker into being in the solar plexus of each of these people, forming a dense mesh of bond 
and you start to watch those traces. But they are hard to focus on, and they flicker in and out. They sort of blur as if you had double vision, and it's hard to follow which one goes where. You don't think there's anyone left in these buildings, but you're not positive. And Isaac, you catch June out of the corner of your eye and see her empty of expression in a way that is decidedly familiar. And you, for a moment, remember tonight of all nights, your flight from Agravar. And one of the questions that you were sure that everyone would always ask of how you escaped is how you managed to circumvent every guard, every warden, every official that wanted your head that night. It was that expression. And all too clearly, you see Katarin tucked around the corner of a building with you and Dale, poke her head out, empty of expression, and watch for the web. And then she turns back to you, and with her one arm, points to the right. Isaac keeps that to himself. He's not going to say, oh, you you look just like your mama. Yeah, this isn't the time for that right now. He can read a room. What is Isaac's (laughs) priority here? Because June's is very clearly like, get people out. I think organization of the people to get the fire. I was about to say fix. Get the fire. <laughs> um, fix that fire. Just turn it off. Just turn off just, the fire, guys. Just stop. Just yeah. stop the fire. No, but he he would uh, run up to them or, or just galloping on CJ. And uh, as a, uh, a warden of the Western Wheels, I assume you want to make sure that your homes are safe and sound. So why don't we do our part in stopping this fire from getting out of hand even more? Isaac, I would like you to please roll me a persuasion check. DM, did you notice the hint of sarcasm? <laughs> I was wondering if you were going to call it. What do you know I'm going to call it? What am I doing? Yeah, in, absolutely. Uh, you get you get to add your proficiency bonus to this roll uh, <laughs> because obviously all of these people are already doing exactly what you're suggesting that they do. Double 16s for a 22. Everyone stops for just like a split second to look at you. And the look on almost everyone's face is of confusion and then disgust. How dare you, a stranger, come into this town and deign to order these people around that are handling their business to the best of their ability. And then someone recognizes you. And in that moment of recognition, that mind-blowing moment of a legendary folk hero back from the dead, they catch a glimmer of fucking sarcasm. And this woman starts to chuckle in almost a helpless kind of way, says, I don't know what kind of fucking ghosts are out tonight, but Isaac Axtrummer, or the ghost thereof, I am glad you're here. You take the west wing, I'll take the east. How's that sound? Sounds like a plan. I'm glad I'm here, too. Name's Petunia. I'm the, uh, well, at the moment, I'm sort of the mayor of this here town. Oh, Petunia. I love the, uh, entertainment section of the night. Uh, this part's 
uh, this this little yeah. firework not situation. Yeah, not not we're gonna. There's gonna be an inquest, guarantee that. But uh, in the meantime, if you could just make sure that the that the bucket trains are running on time, so to speak, I'll head off to the east wing and we'll make sure that fire break is working. I want to see if we can get this put out without having to tear anything else down because east side was all shops. This is all homes. If we could save any of these, that would be ideal. Do what I can. Appreciate it. Everybody, listen up. This here's Isaac Axtrummer. He's gonna help coordinate. You need any heavy lifting done, you go to him. And she runs off. And Isaac, you help these people to self-organize around a train of buckets filled with dirt, clawed from the earth, and slowly but surely burying what is left of the western patch of this fire. And in the end, all that remains are smolder and ash. And everyone is black with smoke and drenched in sweat. And Isaac, you are the first to see a mound under the soot. The rough size and shape of a young man. No, 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 no. Uh, he would just sprint over there and try to lift up the debris or whatever's in the way of it. He's gone. N- not knowing that it, it doesn't, it's not going to work. Um, he spends the last of his uh, lay on hands and trying to revive this this kid. We see electricity crackle through your veins as you try to bring this man back to life. Come on, come on, come on. Wake up. And you get no response, but you do have a moment of recognition. He looks a little bit like that kid that Spinks was talking to when you all arrived. An older brother, maybe, or a young father. Hello and welcome to the mid-roll, your favourite place to be to escape the chaos of these episodes. You're welcome. Firstly, I just want to say happy pride! Wherever you are and however you feel safe celebrating this amazing month, I hope you're having a good one. You want to know what else is happening this month? We are releasing our first ever patron exclusive bonus arc called blight at the museum that's right specifically for our patrons we have done a three-part eldritch horror creep fest just for you with myself craig the wonderful tyler clawson guesting with us and dm'd by our very own cinder block sally so you know it's gonna be good So if you are curious as to what it sounds like when Craig gets scared, you should really become a patron. All you have to do is head to patreon.com forward slash unbalanced encounters or head to our website unbalancedencounters.com and all the links are there for you. So what are you waiting for? Blight at the Museum launches June 20th and it is just waiting for you to come and listen. So that's it from me. Again, happy Pride Month, 
and let's get back into the episode. Do you like pirates? Leviathans? Our three Corsairs care for a baby epic, The Odyssey. If you answered I to any of these questions, then you need to play the game we played and loved, Rapscallion. Rapscallion is a strange pirate fantasy tabletop RPG powered by the apocalypse and built for telling thrilling tales of swashbuckling fantasy on the great sea. Alongside your found family crew, you'll fight the law, witness the weird, and join the free. For our bonus arc, we had to parlay with Whistler, Rapscallion's artist, writer, and designer to hornswoggle a preview. But you, you lucky dog, can get your hands on Rapscallion much sooner. Shove off to magpiegames.com slash ottersea to join the Backer Kit campaign and get your copy. Guard, you are standing with your foot on the neck of the Hunter's Mark assassin. Arissa, you are sitting on Guard's shoulders. I'm sitting on the guard who is standing on the neck of the assassin. Right. Yes. <laughs> guard, do you think we should take him back to camp? Or do you think we should interrogate him here? I think the others should have some say. Mm. Agreed. I'm sure Isaac has some choice words for these assassins. Will you try to escape? He sort of shuffles your ceramic foot on his neck. He looks up at you, and you see his hand go to his hip. What do you do? Oh, God, I don't want to do this. I think Guard is going to drag his foot along the guy's body, not letting him go, but removing it so his foot is not pressing down against the guy's neck, but is more pressing down against his lower abdomen and try to crush his hips. I'm going to need a skill check from each of you again. Guard, I'm going to need, I think, an athletics check. Yeah. Yeah. I think this is going to be an athletics check. And uh, Harissa, I need a perception check from you. A perception check. Okay. 15. I got an 18 on my athletics check. Guard, you fracture his hip, driving one basically into the other and splitting them. And he winces, but otherwise no-sells this as Harissa, you see him go for a tiny glass vial on his belt, which he grabs and is raising to his own mouth. Oh, shit. No, son. Um, can I nip down and like, I just want to drop down off of guard and just either grab his hand or like slap the vial away? Yeah, I'm going to uh, I'm gonna give this to you uh, as a flat at- athletics check. Using dexterity, he gets a plus three to this roll. You have to beat a 20. A 20? I did not beat a 20. I rolled an 18. You realize a split second too late what's happening Mm. as he takes this glass vial and crunches it between his teeth. And you see the color drain from his face, ice blue veins against paper white skin as he begins to... (coughs) I will allow the two of you to make a group medicine check at disadvantage... If you want to try to stabilize him. All right, I am going to try. My lower one is 17. Holy shit. I'm curious. What's guard? Thank you. <laughs> what a guard roll. Guard rolled bad. I got a five and an eight. What okay. I wrote doesn't matter. <laughs> that wasn't guard yelling thank you. That was me. But oh, I'm so glad you did that, Emily. 
Guard, you reach down, grab him by the lapels with both hands and start to shake him. And Harissa slips in, finds a point on his throat, punches him with just like just like a two-finger punch, and he <coughs> coughs up the remnant cyanide and falls unconscious. He is alive, stable, and unconscious. Fuck, kiddo. It's like, your kid. What's that in your mouth? No, 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 no. <laughs> I was thinking dog. It's like when you know the dog's eating some oh, chocolate yes, or some shit. And you're like, no! None of us have children. Yes, a dog, of course. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Um, <sighs> that was way too close. We need to get him back to camp very quickly. Um, can I check if there's anything else on him while he is unconscious? Yeah, you find uh, you, <laughs> you find a satchel, a little, you know, kind of a belt, belt, uh, belt loop bag of filled with those darts that were knocking you out. Uh, there's like six of them in there still. And uh, you find three more of the cyanide capsules. Uh, you find uh, one on the other side uh, that has been crushed underneath him, under guard's foot. And uh, you find one in his boot. Do you think we should see if they need help with the fire? I do want to get this uh, assassin somewhere where he can't disappear or someone else can't come and find him. I shouldn't just carry him. What if I strapped him to your back, like a backpack? What is a backpack? All right. Uh, do you all rejoin at the fire? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. We are going to go ahead and bring you back in to sort of the end of the fire scene. We see the smoke. We see the ash. We see the soot. We see the sweat and the tears. People are kind of gathered around one another holding those who have survived some cradle prized ceramics some hold tightly to their dolls or their tools most to each other and wipe the soot from each other's faces Sphinx. hello i need you to please roll me an investigation check oh he got a, a dirty one um because his investigation is minus one <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, trying to find a button. You know how many buttons there are in right. just a bunch of people wearing coats? Uh, so you guys all see uh, Mr. Spinks uh, kind of walk up to June as you kind of arrive back at, at the scene. And he has, uh, he's, he's like manifested like a like a bag, like a big like robber sack. Uh, and it's just filled with buttons. Can I make a request? Can that Hessian bag have swag? written on it sure why not i just need y'all to understand the fire would have been put out way earlier <laughs> if a little lizard wasn't running around fucking jacking people for their buttons <laughs> oh what's that over there so sphinx sphinx has now rejoined the three of you you see isaac standing in a pit of ash tending to someone it's unclear whether or not June has seen this yet, but she is the first person that you reach as you make your way down this melancholy street. Uh, Sphinx, what is, um, what do you have in that swag bag? Oh, this, oh, this is just, um, the button. Why is the bag so big if it's just one button? Oh, and I don't know which one the button was, so I have to get rid of the buttons. Uh, but the button's in there, I'm pretty sure. Right, I just... Okay, we'll we'll deal with that later. Just hold on to the bag. What is on your back, guard? 
This is one of the people that attacked us. They are alive. Just. We should figure out who sent them or how they knew where we were. I do not know how to do that. Oh, I'm very good at interrogating people. Just somewhere in the world, Hank is just like, huh. (laughs) (laughs) Ears are burning. Ears are burning. I feel like Jude's trying to interrogate somebody again. That's probably not going to go well. Is everyone okay? I think, um, I didn't, I don't think there were any, there was anybody left in these buildings over here. I I meant you three. We should leave. Well, I don't know what Isaac's doing. He's been over there for a minute. I'll walk in his direction. A few steps closer, guard, you see the sort of faint, smudged outline of a badly burned body. I'm going to put my hand on Isaac's shoulder. Isaac. Yeah. This is not a safe place to stay. We should leave. I've I've seen plenty of people die before. But it's different when you finally take responsibility for why it's happened. Isaac's going to uh, dig his hands into the ground and then scoop the body into his arms and uh, walk it towards the villagers. And slowly the mother comes forward. And Isaac, you are drawn into the burial rites of this young man. Isaac doesn't say anything, but whether it's cremation or burial, he will set that up for the family. And I think the rest of the party faces a tense moment, understanding the urgency that is locked in a struggle with the need for closure for Isaac in this moment. I think June, you especially. And we fade to black. I did want to ask a villager something. How did this fire start? You actually see that same old man, uh, the one whose hair has been kind of burnt. And uh, he seems to have collected himself. He's kind of upright again. And he says, uh, well, I'm not so sure how the uh, the fire got started there. Uh, I think it might have been uh, one of the children knocked over a lantern, something like that. All right. Thank you so much. And the fire started over where? Seems to have started in my workshop there, little Missy. Your workshop? Yes, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a carpenter uh, by trade. Rather, I was before my workshop got burnt to shinders. Well, if you're looking for a job, we might have one for you. I should have put two and two together. You're that stranger to come in with the Isaac Axtrummers, ain't you? My name is, uh, is, uh, is Aisha. It's a pleasure to meet you. Named by patron, the Orakami Curio. Thank you, Orakami. Uh, it's a pleasure to meet you, Acer. I'm so sorry about your workshop. Do you think, my friends, um, we could maybe talk a bit about how we could really use your help? Who's, who's your friends? 
your Isaac seems to be a little preoccupied at the moment. You got you all got some other people? But we do. Um, if you see that uh, ceramic person over there with the human backpack, yes, that uh, that that there that we call that we call that a statue. I don't know why it's wearing a human on his back, but uh, we call that there a statue. He's not a statue. He's actually a, a person. Nah, he's a uh, statue. Guard standing perfectly still. <laughs> I done made a lot of statues in my time. I know what they look like. You know what? You'll believe me in a moment. Um, and then Harissa and uh, Mr. Spinks, they're just over here. Oh, that's that lizard. I done seen going through the crowd stealing everybody's buttons, yes. That sounds on brand. Mr. Spinks looking at a button, <laughs> biting it like you do with like a gold coin. <laughs> <laughs> the festival that y'all have, is this? does this happen every year? Every year on the dodge. Whoever made the puppets is very um, talented, and um, I was very impressed by the artisanship. Well, thank you kindly there, young lady. Well, I made the Dale puppet this year. They didn't let me make the uh, the, uh, the Isaac puppet. They had one on hand, they said. It was old Gregory Tompkins last year. He did that one, and they just said they'd give it a fresh coat of paint. And, well, I said it was bad luck, bad omen. Things were going to turn out wrong, and look at that they did. Bad luck because they didn't remake the puppet? Bad luck because they gave it to Gregory Tompkins. What's wrong with Gregory Tompkins? Fuck Gregory Tompkins. Right on. <laughs> All my homies hate Gregory <laughs> Thomas. If your name is Gregory Thomas, we are so sorry. <laughs> we don't hate you, we promise. <laughs> you are a carpenter. And you are a statue. Can you fix a broken wagon wheel? Sure as you are eight feet high. Guard turns to June. We could just take him to the wagon. This is Isaac Ashdrubbers' wagon, yes? I was already planning on helping you. Isaac found me earlier. And as it so happens, I could uh, stand to earn a little bit of money to rebuild this year's workshop. Isaac comes up, just silent, pat CJ, and... All right, let's head back. <laughs> I would like, like to use my last spell slot to cast moonbeam just to like clear out the sky just to burn away the smog i think what we see is sort of an exit procession guard committed to the job leads the way followed closely by harissa and an acer that has become entirely too curious about sphinx in his swag bag then <laughs> june who pauses for a moment to ensure that Isaac is following close behind, who stops at the southern gate of Beetleback. This little, good-for-nothing farming village that Isaac would have detested having to go to once upon a time, and now, helpless to save it from even the most basic of elements, Isaac burns his last spell slot to clear out the cloud of smoke and give these people back their clear night and a little bit of hope. We jump back to the caravan. Things are a little melancholy here as well. Six people are dead. 
What? Hank is lying down on the back of one of the elephants, just sort of draped. He has two axes, kind of one in each hand, and you see his chest just kind of heaving with exertion. A cursory glance, and you see Haris Azrun, Harissa's father, sitting cross-legged by the remnants of a small fire, his face cut from eye to cheek. Oh, shit. Big Paul, ever the optimist, is lifting bits of the caravan into place, trying to consolidate down to one cart that hopefully will be made good if and when you all return with your carpenter. What? The Junior. Oh, Uncle Isaac. Uncle Isaac! Oh, shit. Oh, thank fucking gods. He hops down off of the elephant, lands on the ground. What? What what happened? They got Jethro, didn't they? Uh, We got split up. If he's not with you, then uh, I I assume that's what happened. He is, uh, he is dead, Isaac. Son of a bitch! Well, we shouldn't talk about the dead that way. Not Junior. Jethro, Uncle oh. Isaac. It was an ambush. The mercenaries were sent to drive a wedge. If they did enough damage to the caravan, then I'd send a contingent off to find reinforcements or repairs. Fucking exactly what I did. How did they know? Hakoda, you torture people. Yes? I have been known to get creative with the use of a knife. I saw in rally here, and I dropped the body of the unconscious assassin in front of him. The slightest smirk over that gapped fang grin. He is alive. Perhaps we can find out what we need to find out. Fantastic. Okay, uh, maybe, maybe you were right about this one, June. I don't know what this is. This. <laughs> he's like, he catches the grin, and he's like, ew, that's not good. Guard is the opposite, does not catch the grin <laughs> at all. It's like, oh, this guy knows how to use that tool. Here, use that tool. This is uh, probably going to need to wait until we get back home. I imagine, actually, wildly the fuck enough, that woman with the one arm managed to last through the attack as well. So we've got a couple of witnesses here that could uh, potentially come in useful. All we got to do is get them back in one beast Agravar, get a hold of the tools, get back into the workshop. We'll get the information we need. I do kind of want to know how they were they tracking us here? They were following us? I mean, we're a big enough caravan. No, we were not. Alzarun had men on our periphery a quarter mile out. Nobody was following us. We may have a mole. I think you're probably closer to being correct. We've got a leak. Is everyone here accounted for? Nobody's missing. Everybody fought. The only person I was worried about was Jethro. If he had gone missing, that would have been one thing, but he's dead too, so it probably wasn't him. I saw the body myself, so I am very certain. Can I do a quick scan to just just to see how the rest of everybody's doing? Uh, go ahead and roll me a, uh, we'll say an investigation check. 16. On a 16, most of the soldiers are in various states of battered, but there doesn't seem to be a lot of variation between fairly well off and dead. It seems that whoever ran this attack 
picked a target, finished that target, moved to the next one. You find Scrumpy at the back of Jethro's wagon. He doesn't seem to want to talk. And you find Oz at the front of Jethro's wagon. They don't seem to want to shut up. Oz, are you okay? I swear to God, June, I swear to God, I swear to God. Fucking God. June, I'm, listen, I'm fine. I'm fine. I didn't even get a scratch. I, I, I'm going to have to deal with the survivor's guilt. That's going to be a whole thing. But hey, I learned about that at school, so it's going to be fine. All I know is that nothing has gone fucking right since... Mm, since what? Say it, Oz. Your fucking dad died. Oz, you knew my mother. Yeah, I, I, knew, your, I, knew, your, I knew your mother, June. Yes. This is going to sound real crazy. But I think I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty beat up right now. Maybe I took something to the head. I, why can't I remember my mother having two arms? I need you to roll me uh, your choice of perception or insight. Uh, the let's do insight. Butts. Well, 12. You catch faintest glimmer of a wisp of a thread kind of... <laughs> fizzle as Oz goes because she only had one arm sweetie what are you talking about what do you what do you remember of my mama of how she looked quite a bit taller than me uh she had you know relatively fair hair and she was athletic as all hell and she was missing her left arm and uh she was missing her right eye what I'm sorry and as soon as Oz says that you try to picture your mother's face and one eye is gone what the fuck? Uh, uh, fuck, Pat, Pat. This is not supposed to be the horror campaign. What are you doing? <laughs> what? She's, yeah, guys, boy. relax. She's a pirate. That's I all. I was just. <laughs> that's my passion. Oh, man, I'm excited. What is. Uh, June, I will give you. I will give you the benefit here of a wisdom saving throw as you were sort of braced for this weird cognitive dissonance. Uh, this wisdom saving throw is going to determine whether or not you can kind of capture this thought mid-flight. Roll good, baby. <laughs> oh, I did not. That was a nat one for a four. Disassociation. Disassociation. Hey, hey, hey. Disassociation. Yeah. <laughs> it is just gone. And it always has been. There might be something wrong with me. Why, June? What are you talking about? I mean, did you hit your head? Do you need me to look at it? I can I think take a I look. Did. I think I might have. I mean, I've got... Uh, I don't... Um, We saw some things in that town. We fought assassins. There were... Was that yeah. who came in? Same, same thing here. Yeah, they oh sent... It was a two-pronged attack. I think they figured that they would get Hank probably himself from the village and the rest of us would be largely unguarded. I'll be honest, I was a little preoccupied with making sure that um, Scrumpy and I weren't caught up in the fray. You know how it goes. There's, there's so much happening. Yeah, I think I might have hit my head. Sweetie, we'll take a look. Come here. Better catch these things, uh, you know, to, to nip, them in the, nip them in the stem or whatever it is. Come on. The, in the bud, I think it's yeah. the bud. That, that's that's probably right. Yeah, that's fine. Come on. I always thought it was butt, but then um, I was corrected. Oz hops off of this cart, leads you into the back where Scrumpy is huddled into a corner, sipping on one of Hank's bottles of brandy. Scrumpy, are you okay? Ever better. 
Don't need to worry about me, nut. I'm fine. I'll scratch on me. Not one. Can I do an insight check on Scrump? Sure. 18. He's drunk. He's unhappy. He's afraid in a way that exceeds what you would have assumed. Oz seems rattled in a way that is commensurate to the situation. They are frustrated. They are wanting out. They are looking for the exit. Scrumpy has fallen inward. Scrumpy knows how this goes. She's going to just kind of quietly say between the three of them, I don't know everybody that well on our trek to Agravar, but do you think we can trust all of them? Well, I don't see what bloody choice we have. We're ready for the duration, June. It's just it's going to be what it's going to be. Yeah. I can't accept that. If there's something not right, we need to weed it out. A lot of things in this world not right, June. Most things in this world aren't right. Hank fought like hell. Hank fought like hell to protect us. Hank fought like hell to protect his men. I don't know what his motivations are. I probably never will. But for fuck's sake, I don't know what Isaac's motivations are, and I never have. It's kind of funny you say that. We saw a weird, really, really fucking bizarre puppet show. That is not how I expected that sentence to end. There are a lot of different ways that that (laughs) sentence could have ended. That is not a fight. Yeah, sure. Disaster. Absolutely. A puppet show? The puppets were fighting too, Alice. Some weird fucking people out here in the country. I had one's head land in my lap and it was cut off by Isaac's puppet and my daddy's puppet was up there and it was really, really weird. So... (sighs) I don't know what to think about some of this either, but I have to believe that people's actions from the past don't always dictate who they are today. June is a good company of folks to tell that to. Isn't that right, Scrumpy? Yes, it is. Can I get a swig of that? (laughs) Bring it over. Bring it over. Guard is going to find Isaac and Harissa and pull them aside. I wanted to speak to you without June present. Hakoda is dangerous. In Rally, there was a soldier in Oz's house that was brutalized by him. As soon as he doesn't need us anymore, I believe he will become a threat. And I believe that until that happens, we should do our best to appease him. The Lord Hakota Agra II has always been a threat, and still is a threat. He's an incredibly powerful man with a lot of strength in his dainty glove. If he wished to wipe us off the face of the earth, he could do so at any point. We are in an allegiance at the moment, I hope. And sure, when that comes to an end, who knows what will happen? I know what will happen. He is like me. He is focused. And he has objectives. We will become a threat the moment we are no longer tools in his toolbox. I know what will happen. Because I know what I would do. We're all in agreement that uh, Lord Governor is kind of picking up where his dad left off. But we'll do what we need to do for now. And then set up some things to make sure that the Western Wheels are, are kept safe and out of his way. 
June shouldn't be a part of it. She shouldn't have to kill her brother. I don't think she will need to, but she does need to be a part of it. Her mother, her gifts, her training has all led her to this point, and she will have to face it one way or another. That night, after everyone goes to bed and Guard starts patrolling a little bit, as he often does in the eve, he's going to find Spinks's dress that he's been working on, and he's going to start to try to work on it, and he is going to stop. He is distracted, and he is going to go to Hakoda Agra's tent and wake him up. Y'all never let this man sleep. <laughs> y'all, never, y'all never let this poor man sleep. Just, we cut, we cut to, uh, oh like, a tent that is, like, torn in, like, a big flap, so it's just, like, in on one side. And uh, uh, there's a little, like, cot set up that, like, one of the legs has been kind of blown off, so it's, like, at an angle, so he's kind of, like, sleeping, like, like slanted slightly. Uh, but again, he's just got that like bi- he's got that big pointy sleeping cap and the and the long nightgown. And just we need to talk. No, mm. uh, which one of you is it now? The big one, Paul. The one that brought you an assassin. Oh, oh. Guard, I didn't know you knew how to be impolite. Uh, that's good to know. Uh, and he swings himself kind of out of bed, sits up. Uh, what can I do for you, buddy? I heard that you fought hard to protect the people of the caravan. That is good. It's all part of the job, I'm sure. I am also one that is very focused on the job. So they tell me. I think that for the time being, we will be able to help each other. I hope so. I kind of figured that was part of the arrangement. I need you to understand something. You are a powerful person. I have been told this by several others. I do not care about political influence. I'd imagine not. If you hurt your sister... My what now? All the political influence of the world will not stop you from entering the bathhouse on that day. Right, so um, a couple of waypoints along that particular line. Bathhouse? Assuming it's a metaphor, we're gonna deal with that in a minute. My what now? If I hurt whom? Guard is going to sit totally motionless, trying to, if he was a human with skin, he would be blushing and trying to like realize, oh fuck, I fucked up. Never mind. Uh-uh, uh-uh, no. Get him, get him, Junior. Guard, listen, buddy, I appreciate that maybe, maybe this was a, a figure of speech or, or something, but I'm gonna, need, I'm gonna need a little bit of explanation on this one, buddy. I, as far as I'm aware, I'm an only child. I mean, it's not impossible. I mean, father had something like eight or nine godsorts. I guess it's entirely possible that there are others out there, but as far as I'm aware, he died a little too early for that. I'm gonna take out my axe, put it on the ground in front of me. This was made by a friend and changed by a god. I can use it to see the threads that tie all things. Uh Uh-huh. Might I use it on you? If I say yes, are you going to explain what the fuck you meant by sister? Yes. All right, guard. 
Whatever keeps you happy. And I'm going to... I've never done this before, so I don't know exactly what it's like, but what I imagine Guard is going to do is similarly to the... what he did with the Lorax, um, he's going to sort of place the axe uh, pommel or handle down on the ground and focus his energy into it and try to use its feature to see how many threads Hakoda is responsible for ending and to glimpse at one of those threads that might weigh heavy in Hakoda's mind. From the base of the axe, we see a rush of knotted ropes, identical in material to the shawl worn by Gamble, one for each life. The Lord Governor Hakoda Agra II has taken himself or has been lost through his direct order or action. And somewhat unsurprisingly, Guard, you can't count. It is the inevitable travesty of warfare that the casualties sent to die by his hand rack into the thousands. But you push deeper. And you activate the feature of your axe that allows Demoiselle to reach out and give you a glimpse of a memory of a death. You feel like there's almost a, a like a like a busy signal on the other end for a minute, as if Demoiselle is sorting through all of the various cards, all of the memories, all of the decisions, and you feel for a second like you might get something far drier than maybe you'd expect. A a decision to send someone to battle, uh, potentially the decision to execute the raid on Rally, but instead what you end up getting is a vision of the Lord Governor's final conversation with Melmanon Lapignon. We find ourselves in the private study of the Lord Governor. The men are ready. Indeed, they are ready. Yes, sir. Tomorrow's the day. How do you feel? Well, if I'm being honest, I have to admit, I am somewhat nervous. Not because we are not ready. Of course we are. But just, this is a large day. This, this is much bigger than I ever expected I would see in my service. I can appreciate that. You've been on the force for quite a while, and I doubt when you were signing up, anybody ever said, Hey, Mr. Lapignon, you want to lead a bunch of undertrained, underfunded recruits to go raid a little logging town, try to pull back some critical resources for the war effort against a living god. It ain't nothing. Mel, when I give an order, that order's followed out to the best of everybody's ability. I, I know how the job works. I am accustomed to getting input on what orders I should give. I am unaccustomed to those orders being optional, and I don't think I'm going to be able to change that track anytime soon, but off the record, between you and me, is this a bad idea? I've been doing this a lot longer than I have. I think this level of familiarity with Melmanon is, is somewhat unexpected, and I think he spends quite a bit of time sort of looking at his feet, looking at the ground, and thinking really hard at how to answer this. Wondering if this is a test in some way as well. But I think he finally looks up and says, You're in charge for a reason. And whatever you choose to do, as you say, we shall follow it. It is not our lot to question your orders. 
and I would not presume to know more than you do. As I say, you've been put in this position for a reason. Do I find war and battle something I wish to enter into? Certainly not. Is it necessary sometimes? Of course. I cannot say what the outcome of this will be, but I do understand the reasons why we are doing it. So on that, I can say, I will do my duty. It's a good answer, Mel. Tactful, judicious, well-informed, without really saying much at all. It's got to be done. We need the resin. There's no two ways about it. We don't win unless we win on the Empressar's terms. With that desert getting closer every day, nothing else to be done. And he stands, and he kind of clicks his heels together, and he says, I wish you well. I'll see you when you get back. Thank you, sir. He gives you a salute and watches you leave the room. And as you close the door behind you, we see another door. A hidden door, just to the side of the small fireplace in this quiet and close little office. Click out of frame and slip back. And from the shadow beyond steps a small, frail woman. In embroidered robes with a little sapphire stud nose ring. You're going to want to watch that one. Something tells me that his loyalty is going to be a little split. I'm unconvinced that we have won him over from the old ways of the Empressar. You want me to send a man? Or should I just have my woman up in rally let us know how it goes I pick the axe up out of the ground severing all of those visions okay have a good night no, I'm just kidding no 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 sorry buddy Card would say that Card would say that was Card would say that Card would say that Card would say that you asked about your sister well, I asked about you using the term, my sister. Who are you talking about, guard? Swear to me no harm will come to her. I have no intention of harming anyone, assuming that they don't pose a threat to my people. Swear it to me. Kind of rolls his eyes, rolls his neck a little bit. All right, guard. I promise. It is no small deal making a promise with an immortal. I understand. I don't actually understand, not even a little bit. But uh, I, I, I assumed, you know, you kind of get a sense of the gravity of these things. Juniper is your sister. From, from Raleigh? You, you, you sure, buddy? As sure as I am about anything else. Uh, but how? I mean, I, she's so much younger. She, she wasn't born until well after Dad was dead. That is actually a question that I genuinely do not know how to answer. <laughs> I have a conscious memory of about a year and a half and fractured memories from thousands of years. Lifespans are confusing to me at best, so I actually cannot help you with that one. Uh, you know what? That's entirely, entirely justifiable. I don't know what to make of this yet, guard, but it certainly, if she believes that she's my sister, it certainly does explain her rather um, accusatory behavior. I'll figure it out on my own. In the meantime, I have absolutely no intention of harming you. And I understand that you respect her quite a great deal, and that if she were, that if any harm were to befall her, you'd be on the other end of that stick, eh? 
what stick metaphor like the bathhouse it's a thing that you say that kind of evokes what you're trying to say but doesn't necessarily mean the specific literal thing that you mean the bathhouse is real uh-huh i understand the type of creature you are hakoda agra which is why i come to you with this i don't know what gave you the impression that i'm gonna go dirt goat on you but i'm on your side man i like your style singularly focused on killing the Empressar. It's good stuff. And everybody else in your little crew there, they're useful, they're helpful, they're good people. I've known Uncle Isaac my whole life. I have absolutely no intention of double-crossing any of you. But I understand that you want to look out for you and yours. So just stick with me on this. We're going to be fine. If circumstances present themselves where you do intend to harm those I travel with, there are no amount of afterlifes I cannot find you in. As you all settle back into camp, you awake the next morning, ready to begin your journey again. And you see that Acer has been sort of hard at work all night. He seems to have been dealing with his just loss by just throwing himself into getting your last one or two carts sort of fully repaired. And he's done a pretty good job. And you see very quickly that he has made fast friends with Oz and has decided to accompany you back to Agravar in hopes to get some of his tools repaired, see if he can make a little bit of money to bring back home. And so you are back on the road. The caravan heaves itself to its feet and begins to trek through desert scrub into desert sands. And we are going to be doing travel a little bit differently this time. I want four checks. I want one history check, one insight check, one persuasion check, and one deception check. Each of you gets to pick one of those. I have a minus one to every option. (laughs) This is not Guard's Arc. (laughs) Do you not have good insight? Uh, I have great insight considering uh, I have a negative modifier. So it balances out to a plus one, but other people have much higher ones. Each of these checks is going to represent uh, either a scene or a circumstance that needs to get dealt with uh, and is going to represent potentially multiple days of travel. I'm fucking ready. Yeah, you want to start with Cinder? Go, yeah, go let's, let's, let's start it off. I'm going to do a deception check. I okay. don't know what I'm deceiving, but I'm an excellent <laughs> deceiver. Everyone knows it's basically Guard's strong suit. This is a great roll for Guard, but it's not a great roll. I got a 14 minus 1 to a 13. A 13! That's not terrible. I think that the deception at hand here, fittingly, is that you are dancing around Hank now knowing that June thinks (laughs) that she's his sister, and you not necessarily wanting June to know that you were the one who told him that information. Of course. Whenever conversation of Hank comes up around June, Guard will actively try to find another task to do, so he just literally is, like, running away. Like, just trying to avoid the conversation with June. So if either Hank or June starts trying to talk about the other one, Guard (laughs) has a moment where he's like, uh, I should check to make sure we're not being followed by wolves, and, like, runs into the forest. Full sprint into the forest. Guard and June, you are sparring in your sort of habits of old. And Hank, from atop one of the elephants, looks down. You know, June, you, uh, you've got pretty good footwork. Where'd you learn how to fight like that? Uh, 
I mean, my footwork's not that great. Um, Weird way to respond to a compliment, but, you know, hey, you do you. That I don't feel... I feel really weird about you complimenting me. Uh, do you know, I've been working real hard on on this. So if this is, if you're just trying to be funny, I don't I don't think it's funny. I'm not I'm not making fun of you, June. I'm genuinely curious. You're out in the middle of nowhere. Isaac sure as fuck doesn't know how to fight like that. How'd you? Where? Who taught you? I mean, I, I've learned from several people. I've learned from. Benny. Did you guys hear that? Hear what, God? It may have been ordinary rustling of the wind through the branches of trees in the groves we pass by, but perhaps someone should investigate. Oh, it's probably another ambush. Come on, CJ. Yeah, I need you. <laughs> no, <laughs> that's fine. I will take care of it. Oh, okay. I will take care of it. Oh, okay. Thank you, God. Uh huh. All right. Well, I guess Guardy's uh, gonna run off there. I think we're probably fine. I didn't. Did you, did you hear something? I didn't hear anything. Uh, it it sounds like there's something in the woods. Uh, listen, if you want to go investigate, be my guest. I think we're, I I'm gonna I'm gonna stay here on top of the old colonel. We're gonna keep moving, and we move on to our next uh, our next role. Who's gonna be up next? I could do a history role. Okay, but well, that's a that's an eight. I have to ask, June, uh, what would you be trying to look into, recover, understand, learn about? I'm trying to learn more about the history of the of the political relationships between like Agravar and the different cities with like the relationship with the Empressar. Does that make sense? Yeah, just like what the sort of geopolitical situation kind of looks a like. Way better way to say. That jumble of words that just came out of my face. Sure. Um, I think uh, that you are kind of walking along and, and genuinely like it's been probably about another week. It has been a week of, of pretty hard living. You all have been camping rough. The supplies were knocked to slim pickings in the ambush. Enough to get you there, but just... And occasionally, Azarun has to go on supply runs with his men to nearby towns. And it has just been a difficult journey. The closer you get to Agravar, the further you get into sort of the Agravar territory, the more desiccated it becomes. And by this point, you are stepping over rock and crag and trying not to trip in your sandals as you scrounge for any meaning in this nonsensical journey. And I think you find yourself talking to Acer. And uh, I think he says, uh, so we're, we're currently in the, the Agravar territory, as it were. And, uh, you know, we're headed to the, to the shitty Agravar, the big capital there up in the, up in the, in the valley. The, the, this is sovereign land as of uh, you know, a few years back when our good Lord Governor took, uh, took it upon himself to declare war upon the Empressar and to secede from the Empire. What was it before? I, 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 I plumb reckon. I, I don't know. If I'm honest with you, good selves, the Empressar's been around for now a hundred years. Hard for me to say with any certainty what would have come before. I'll be honest with you, though, uh, Juniper. Uh, this is uh, this has been farm country long, long since, and I imagine that uh, we, we never, never had much use for the, the Empressar. 
Military should come and go. The thing that stays true is the land. Can I take a look at the... Is it mostly craggy rock? As he says that and you start looking at the rock, you kind of catch a glimpse on his face where he's like, oh, shit. I guess the land doesn't actually stay true. <laughs> yeah, we had... um. There was a bit of a problem where we're from in Raleigh with deforestation. Y'all chop down your trees up there in Raleigh, do you? How you harvest your beetle nuts? Where do beetle nuts come from? Trees. Do you cut down the trees to get to them? No, we just uh, go up there with a little haversack and uh, a little... Uh, sometimes we even send the children pick them. Sounds like you guys have it all figured out over there. I don't know if we've got much figured out. We just sort of mind the business. Tend to ourselves and our crops. I'm sorry I can't uh, give you a more worldly understanding of uh, our fair territory here. Sounds like you, you guys found yourselves a bit of a small place to make your own, and we're left alone for the most part. Well, I suppose so. It's a, it weren't always that way. I mean, there were times when the Empressar had come through and, and uh, set torch to the whole village. Uh, what? Yes, that's why we declared war against the Empressar. Troublesome times they were. Glad we're out of them. Well, you might be. We have two left. We have uh, Persuasion and Insight. All right, let's get it done. We're going to do Persuasion. Natural one. That's the best thing I've ever fucking heard. Wait, really? Natural one? Yeah, because I don't know how to be sarcastic. Guys, how did I get the best role so far? (laughs) That's the best thing I've ever heard. Isaac, you are trying to persuade someone of something, and you are convinced that you have done it successfully. Who and what? I think he's trying to persuade Scrumpy that CJ is an intelligent being. And speaks to him all the time, talks to him all the time. And I think it comes off as Isaac being completely insane. And that's when he starts talking about, well, you know, Scrumpy, now that you understand myself as well as the, the knowledgeable CJ and who he is, I, I just want you to know, once we get to Akavar, you know, things are going to start looking different. <laughs> I've been down this road before, Isaac. This is not a good time. Well, no. Anytime we deal with these government Folk officials' nonsense is never a good time, but, you know, now you got uh, some crazy magic people on your side. Well, more magic people, apparently, Mr. Lord Wizard Sir General Commander guy that you are. It's Scrumpy. Isaac. Right, Scrumpy. You know, I'm just teasing you, buddy. You know, I won't call you out your name, but... Nobody's called me Sherman for a long time, Isaac. Such a fancy name, but I think I'd just stick to Scrumpy. Appreciate that. I know you're trying to convince me that this Borg can talk and... Well, you know, he talks to me. Give me that look that makes me think that you think I'm full of shit, and I'm being completely serious with you right now. I'm just saying I had a bottle of brandy go missing last night, and I haven't seen hard nor hair of it. And I think that this conversation is kind of happening in the sort of twilight hours as the caravan is trying to find a safe dune to sort of camp behind. And at this point, I think everyone has started to grapple with the fact that you are walking through a shifting sands desert. The northern deserts have crept all the way to Agrivar. Oh, God. And as you've been passing these absolutely destroyed farming villages, they are gutted and emptied like the mission towns in a western. And Scrumpy kind of sits on CJ. The sun begins to set. Scrumpy's still kind of sitting on CJ. And 
in the faintest shadow of twilight, Isaac, you see a little filigree just trace over CJ. And as you watch for just a moment, you see it pulse through Scrumpy, visible just where his veins ought to be. Oh, what they put you through, buddy. And with that, we are going to move to our final travel roll. Carissa, please roll me an inside check. Uh, that is a 10. Wow. A 10 is like, that gives me nothing. I have nothing <laughs> to go off of. I am decidedly average. You're welcome. Okay. Okay. Harissa, it is the following night, and you are kind of making camp with Mr. Spinks and sitting alone. And your father joins you. May I join you, Safra? She sighs and doesn't say anything, but sort of inclines her head in acquiescence. The sand kind of gives way beneath him as he just steadily sinks into a cross-legged position by your little fire. It's uh, our final day on the road, should be. Thank goodness for that. (laughs) This trip gets more difficult every time, no? Well, I don't know. I haven't made it often. There is no way for me to phrase this that doesn't sound hollow in some way, and I, I can't quite figure out why, but Safra, I'm very glad you came back from that town. I was very worried. Yes, uh, it was um, quite the evening. Let's put it that way. I'm sure you were a great asset to your friends. Can I ask, uh, what is it you need or want right now? I assume you came over to ask me something, or... I did, yes. Your mother is not in Agravar, as we had spoken of. She is looking for somewhere safe for us to move. Your brothers are in town, and I will be seeing them soon. Would you like to see them, Safra? She stares into the fire for a little bit. And I think she always was closer to her brothers than her parents. That sort of uh, younger sister wanting to be like her older brothers and wanting to be included and trailing behind them whenever she could. Yes, I, uh, I miss them. And I would like to see how they've grown. If they have children themselves now or have taken wives or who knows. They have not born children. We have had a difficult time of finding a safe place to be. They have not had a chance to settle down, as it were. But, uh, gods be praised, Ado has found a fiancé. He always was better with the ladies than Dazi. Dazi does take himself very seriously. We will see them tomorrow, if you would have it that way. They will likely be part of the welcoming. They are both advisors. To the Lord Governor. Well, it seems that I will meet them regardless of what my duties are that day. I'll leave you to it for the night. We leave at first light. We cut to the following morning. As you all waken 
repack your gear, leap astride your various mounts and carts. You all crest the final dune. And I think only Isaac was aware of the fact that Agravar sat in such an aggressive valley that it is largely surrounded by what might have once been described as hills, but is now only describable as cliffs. And the base of that valley is the first verdant oasis that you have seen for days. In the middle of that oasis, a large stone wall. And in the middle of that stone wall, a fortress made of stone compartments, each carrying memories for Isaac and Hank, the ancestries of June and Katarin. Welcome to Agrivar. And that's it. Thank you so much for listening and we hope you enjoyed it. A special shout out to our newest Rally Defender, GamerTube HD. That's why I said H. What are you going to do about it? And of course, our other Rally Defenders, Darksteel Panda, Darlene Wallace and Elderberry. We couldn't do this without you. Thank you so much. But for now, I'll see you in the next episode.